0: Welcome to another edition of the Instant Journeyman podcast, Whatever Wednesday series. That's where we have guests from all over the map to talk about anything ranging from sports to politics, musicals, food, and even safety, or really whatever we want to talk about. Uh, So please enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Eat Right Foods, the official Partner of the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabers. So if you're looking to eat like a professional athlete, or you just want to improve your life by eating cleaner and freeing up time for those things that really matter in life, Eat Right Foods provides a huge assortment of high-quality foods with easy online ordering and kitchen-to-door delivery. Uh, If you're in the Buffalo area, you can do pickup, or if you are anywhere in the U.S., you can go ahead and order online, where all meals are just ten dollars each. Shipping to the East Coast is included, and all Midwest and West Coast orders have a flat rate for shipping. Uh, orders are due every Thursday by noon, and then you get them the following week. Uh, all orders will be shipped out uh, the following Monday, and boom, meals to your door. So check out eatrightfoods.com. And today's guest is the one and only Craig Harjewski. Yes, that award-winning pastry chef from Episode 4 of our Monday Motivation Series. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's a great one. I wanted to have him on for whatever Wednesday because I normally get to see this guy about three or four times a year in Chicago when I'm there visiting. Uh, we normally sit down at our favorite cider bar and uh, you know just shoot the shit. Well, that's not happening anytime soon, so I went ahead and we did a hour-long podcast We talked about, uh, you know, his favorite uh, cookies and and, and pastries to bake during the holidays. Uh, We also went ahead and talked about, you know, what they're doing to drive more business uh, during the COVID capacity restrictions uh, when it comes to the restaurant industry. Uh, I I actually love some of their ideas that they're doing. It's pretty cool. Um, We then talked about his battle with COVID as well. And... uh, and lightened it up a little bit and talked about how you can make some cider at home uh, and, and get it ready for the holiday season. So I, I wanted to release this a little early. I was going to do it right before uh, Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. But I, I want to release it because I think there's a lot of good things you can take from here and, uh, and use during the holidays. So uh, enjoy. All right. Welcome back, Craig. I'm so glad to have you back. I appreciate you taking the time again. Anytime, my friend. And, and I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if, if, if it's you, but I, I have, I think it's like seven or eight listeners from France and the only anybody that had any connection with France, you said that you went over there and you, you know, with the whole, uh, eat pastry, uh, you you know, you said you went over there and you were there for a while. I was like, I wonder if it's people that know Craig. I mean, do you know people over
1: in France? I, you know what, most of the French people I do know are in the U.S. now, but you know they were born there and whatnot. So
0: okay, so um, maybe maybe it's relatives of them or people that just follow you on you know yeah, Instagram.
1: Or maybe you're just intercontinental now. I, I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but I, uh, I'm I'm all over the map: Netherlands, yeah. Germany, Israel. Awesome. They 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 love me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I I wanted to have you on for the Whatever Wednesday because I feel like you would be the perfect person to talk about going into the holidays, you know, uh, some some of your go-to staples for either, you know, Christmas cookies or holiday pastries or, or whatever. Um, and and I, I think it would just be fun to, you know, talk about that. And I also, uh, you and I are, are big cider fans, um, and I want to talk about, uh, you know, making your own cider. I actually, believe it or not, uh, when we were sitting at the Northman one night, uh, probably – 12 ciders in, <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah <probably.
0: laughs> we, you, you and I, uh, you were telling me, we went on my Amazon and you were telling me what I have to order in order to, you know, kind of ferment and do my own cider. And I still have all of that stuff in my, my cart. And I think I'm going to finally pull the trigger. So I'm glad that we're doing this podcast so I okay. can reference, <laughs> reference some of the things and, uh, and, and actually try to, you know, do my own cider. Yep. So, um, you know, first of all, let's just catch up on what you've been doing. Uh, I know uh, we talked at the end of September and I said, hey, I have Sober October and I know you love, you know, fitness. You love, you know, challenging yourself. I said, I have Sober October challenge coming up. Are you interested? And he said, "Ah, I'm not feeling well. I'm actually going to go get uh, a COVID test. And uh, what, what, what was the result of that COVID test?
1: Well, I tested positive and, uh, I had my own sober October challenge of <laughs> quarantine and, uh, and getting through the disease. Now, I don't know if I, uh, I was coming into the disease as just a healthy individual, or I got a mild case. It, it, a lot of the things are very bizarre because nobody tested positive around me. Nobody at work, uh, my wife, she tested negative twice. Um, nobody wow. I know of. Yeah. And it was very weird and very isolated, um, that I got it. So, um, anyway, so yeah, so I, I, dealt with that. I had, uh, probably a solid two days of a, a 101 fever, some basic achiness and a headache. And then after those two days, my fever went away. I, I don't really take aspirin or, or anything like that. I, I think I took a total of four ibuprofen over that whole time, and uh, then my fever went away. I had some minor aches, and then it just gradually eased into uh, uh, cold symptoms and just wound from there. And now
0: yeah. no, my my other buddy who who uh, had COVID, he he actually he did he didn't really have any of those symptoms. He lost his sense of taste and smell, and he gained it back after like a month or two. Uh-huh. Um, but and like fully back, you know, he, he, it gradually got better, uh, you know, after a week or two, but he, yeah. So you didn't have any of those symptoms, right?
1: No, I, you know what, you know how you always just taste everything kind of mucusy when you have a cold, that was the extent of, you know, I, I wasn't as keen on my, on my sense of smell and, and taste, but I chalked that up to just having, you know, the, the cold symptoms where, you know, my sinuses were a little bit clogged and, you know, it's, Uh, it wasn't where I was blanked out on on those senses
0: right right okay okay so that's that's good
1: the funny thing is is if it wasn't COVID and it wasn't a a pandemic if I was hit with this I still would have probably gone to work in that horrible shape or at least taken two days off and then been back to work like you know, all right, I'm just a little under the weather and that would have been a normal work week. But because it's a, a pandemic, this was the first time in over 12 years that I've missed a day of work due to illness. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what, do you
0: attribute, what do you attribute that to? Do you attribute it to your, your good health? Do you attribute it to you just being stubborn and being like, I'm going to work through this? Or, oh. you know, what what is what is it usually?
1: Pretty much, I would say it's both because, I mean, if I do get a cold, it's like two, three days of discomfort. I don't think I've ever had the flu. So I've never had a flu shot because I I never get the flu. But uh, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I would rather, I would not want to call in sick and waste a day off not feeling well at home. I would rather feel like crap at work and, Take a sick day and do something fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I, I I couldn't agree more. I think it's a great way of looking at it. Oh, that's funny. Um, so so, needless to say, you're 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 back and and better than ever. You kicked it, yeah. you kicked its ass. As yeah, as, I'm back running and
1: biking, and yeah, it's like yeah, uh, you know, I I you know coming back from it, I was uh, uh, I noticed physically, I wasn't at where I was before just because of you know, two weeks locked in my room. I I didn't, or yeah, two weeks locked in my room. I didn't leave my room, uh, my bedroom. I didn't see my wife. She would leave food outside the door and then walk away to another room and I would open the door. It was like an inmate (laughs) (laughs) slide my tray in and eat and then slide my tray back out. That was the extent of it, you know? And if so, did you,
0: did you do a lot of reading or, or, or movie watching
1: at least? Uh, you know what? I I watched uh, a fair amount of Netflix, but I can only take so much of that because it makes me out of my mind. I got halfway right. through uh, the Gulag Archipelago book, and uh, I figured why not read about forced incarceration in Soviet Russia? That's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and then I had a little chunk of rope that I just I relearned all of my old Boy Scout knots, so taunt line, bow line, uh, all of those. I would just pace around my room and I would just practice tying knots. It was something I could do physically that, you know, was engaging my mind and it, you know it's repetitive.
0: That's that's awesome. And, well, and and you listen to every Instant Journeyman podcast. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I did oh, learn "Personal Jesus" on uh, by Depeche Mode on my acoustic guitar. That one I, I got down to. That was kind of fun. Nice. So, so you you had a productive quarantine? I actually did. You know what? Um, you know, how often do you get two weeks of you know just you time? You know, right so, of,
0: of literally you time where you, yeah. you can't you can't do anything.
1: Yeah. So you know, I I'm lucky. I I had a good stock of books that I was backlogged on reading and. You know, I just, I yeah, the Netflix thing, I I get bored of that after. That was when I was trying to fall asleep. You know, because right, it takes right. me about ten minutes of a Netflix show at night, dark in bed, and I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> done.
0: <laughs> oh man, well, I'm 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 glad you you recovered quickly. I'm I'm glad it wasn't anything too serious. Um, yeah, but now now you're now you're back to work and uh, and plugging away over there.
1: Yes, very much so. You know, we had. Uh, Navigating the the COVID crisis as a restaurant is has not been easy, but um, we're finding a way.
0: Yeah, I can I can only imagine. It's 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 got to be so tough. I know that Fran, you know. But here, here's 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 something interesting. Um, you know, talking to Fran and then talking to other businesses. Like, um, I'm getting instant journeyman hats made. And uh, if you want one, I'll send you one. Yeah, but, that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, but so I was, I was at the, the store I'm getting it made through lids. Right. So yep. I, uh, I'm, I'm talking to the guy and, and he's like, yeah, we're closing up. I was like, Oh, I was like, it said nine o'clock. Uh, he goes, no, the mall's open till nine. He goes, lids. We close at seven. I was like, well, that seems crazy. I was like, why don't they just close the mall at seven then? He goes, because the mall wants you to be here more. But to be honest with you, we're making more money than we've ever made. You know, yeah. we're, we're making the same amount, if not more in the shortened span of, 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 of opening. And, and, and Fran didn't say that they're making the more money, but she's like, we're making almost the same amount of money that we normally made. And we're, we're only open shorter hours. And I was hmm. like, wow, you know, something, something to say for that. Like that's, you know, less, less labor, less everything. And you're making the same amount of money. That's, that's great.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I would go that far for me, but, uh, it's just the, the work has changed for us, but yeah, I've heard that. Um, not in not in so much the restaurant industry, but uh, in other businesses.
0: Yeah, I I'm uh, I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm amazed at the you know amount of businesses that are are going out of business and the amount of businesses that are you know fighting through it. It's yeah. it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see you know, how different businesses are reacting. Some people just throw in the towel right away. Other people are fighting through it. And then other people are flourishing. And uh, Yeah,
1: I, I think too, people, you know, as far as throwing in the towel, I think they just don't have the resources. And, and you know, uh, luckily where I'm at, we, we've had some good resources and we're able to really manage our situation to the best that we can to keep, plugging along. So as long as we're able to do that, I, I think we'll, we'll manage through this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a unique time for everybody. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be in, in an industry that isn't you know fully affected, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super uh, excited to possibly be in Chicago early next year so we can get together and, and,
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> and hang out, you know, for, for old time's sake. Cause it, it, it is, it is brutal, not traveling uh, for me. I'm, you know, this is the longest I've been in one spot for, I can imagine. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, any, any, anything, uh, new and exciting other than, you know, the, the, the coronavirus? exciting happening for you guys over there.
1: Well, we're laying the plans for the holidays and, um, the the way that it, they just put new restrictions with shortened hours and uh, limits on times of alcohol sales for restaurants in the city of Chicago. So we're you know we're we've extended our uh, our, our carry out to go lines. Um, so we've been doing a fair amount of that. I have a uh, small batch ice cream line that's been kind of fun to nurture along where. I hand-draw the little labels for the, for the pints, and um, we're starting a new program with this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Where it's couture ice cream. So you come up with a flavor, and it could be whatever you're thinking, and you commit to a six-pint run, and I'll make it up and design the recipe and give you the recipe. So, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, so whatever you want to do, I don't know, roasted garlic Parmesan ice cream or (laughs) (laughs) marshmallow and bubblegum, you know, whatever, you know, your imagination can come up with and, you know, within reason, I am limited by the laws of freezing and such. But uh, um, yeah, so that's a new program we're starting, which is kind of exciting. I've the first one I've gotten so far, which is not going to really stretch my creative skills here, but uh, somebody's requested a horchata ice cream, the Mexican rice beverage. So uh-huh. yep. that'll be my first, first one on that. So we'll see how that develops. That's kind of a fun little project. And uh, what else are we doing? We're doing a carryout for Thanksgiving dinner. We've never done Thanksgiving dinners other than for our staff. We always had a staff meal for, uh, the week of thanksgiving where all the cooks and the servers and the dishwashers and everybody's we all sat down and week we all prepared a big thanksgiving dinner for the kitchen or for the restaurant staff so we're offering that as a to-go option so i'm brushing up on my pie making abilities and and such and nice we're, we've got a collection of uh Fun antique cookie boxes, which I'm going to be filling with different varieties of Christmas cookies. Those are going to come out soon, probably sometime after Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, so we got that. We've got our holiday teas, which are always a sellout. Uh, I make a massive holiday pastry buffet, and we have uh, great uh, teas available. With uh, We partner with uh, Rare Tea Cellar, which... They do some amazing uh, products as far as teas, all loose teas, really great stuff. So uh, we've been doing this for five or six years now, I think the holiday teas. Um, We're doing a cooking class, uh, very limited, very exclusive, uh, partnered with our uh, black truffle uh, supplier. So- Couple of courses of food, and uh, even dessert is going to be made with uh, black truffles, white truffles. You know, cause it's the winter truffle season's coming on. So we got that coming up in the in the next few weeks, which is exciting.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, oh, I'm I am a huge fan of truffle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I oh my god, I but. It's like the truffle oil, like I'll get in on my pizza. Like I'll have like a, a, a quattro formaggi, like a four cheese pizza, yeah. uh, with a little bit of that, that, you know, truffle oil on it, prosciutto. Oh my God. A little, little basil or, or, or spinach, whatever, whatever this around. I, I, I mean, it's, it's so good. I, uh, back in the day when I dated somebody in Dallas, she took me to this bar and they gave out truffle popcorn, like, you know, fresh oh, popcorn. Yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Isn't that awesome?
0: That shit is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was tough. so so when you when you mentioned truffle, my my, my interest peaked even more. Yeah, In truffle ice cream we should do.
1: Yeah, I've done uh, <laughs> I've done white chocolate white truffle ice cream before. That that was pretty intense.
0: I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, but here is the thing, I, you know, and and uh, you know, me being a, a moron, uh, I never realized that truffle. Um, and I like. I hate mushrooms. Like I hate the standard mushroom, but do you really? Oh yeah, like anything with mushrooms in it, I pick it out or I just don't eat it.
1: Oh, I love them.
0: Oh uh, no, I am I am uh, against the, tr- the the mushrooms, but I just love the truffles.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how my wife is too. I can never cook with them at home. Whenever I go out, I always get it on everything because I can't ever get them at home. Basically, it makes me a non-mushroom eater at home.
0: Yeah. So, so for me, I, I, I don't, I don't limit Fran or or like if I'm with my parents or if I'm with anybody that loves it and that they want to cook it at home. I don't, I don't limit that. I just, I'm just saying like, don't be offended if I don't eat it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: You know, or or if you order it, you're eating it all.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sometimes if I just want the pizza for myself, I get mushrooms on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart man. Yeah. So,
1: so you, you,
0: uh, you 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 know. Let's talk a little bit about these, these, these cookies, and the, you know, you know, the holiday or Christmas cookies that you're, you're talking about. Because uh, I'm interested to hear what your your personal favorite, either to make or to eat, uh, or both. What is your favorite Christmas cookie? Um, you know, out there, uh, whether you make it or you buy it, what, what do you? What, where do you go? What's your go-to?
1: Gingerbread. Hands Gingerbread. Down. Well, there's actually there's two. Gingerbread, because I love all—I I love the spice. Um, but gingerbread, when I make a batch of the dough, I just like all of the trim. I just bake off on a sheet pan, and that's just for me to snack on. Um, after <laughs> nice. you like cut off all, of you know, I'll, I just leave it on the paper. I just cook it, and that's—I have that with coffee every day because gingerbread will last weeks if you, you just leave it on the counter and nothing's going to happen to it. Oh the really? Business, oh, yeah. It, does, it doesn't fine. stale? No, no, no. You're fine. Oh nice. Yeah, nice. it's it's. It, it, nothing will happen to it. The other one that I always get every year, and I always go to the the German markets, and I hope I can get them this year. Is they they're um these Lebkuchen, and it's like this cakey kind of gingerbready flavor profile, but it's a little more cakey, and it's glazed over with this like fondant sugar glaze. And those I usually get a bunch of packs, and then uh, I hoard them. So that my wife doesn't get at them and I'll try and carry them through to February if I can. But uh, yeah, they're only available Christmas time. It's a traditional German cookie. They're my favorite. That sounds awesome. I I, yeah. I,
0: I want to say that I've had it. Um, is it, is it L E B K U C H E N?
1: Yes. It means uh cookie of life in German.
0: I definitely have had this. I definitely have had it. I um I think I I think I had it in eighth grade with um Frau oh my God that's terrible I forget her name <laughs> but anyways it was it was the the German teacher in middle school uh-huh. uh, we we had like a German you know festival and stuff like that so I think I think I've had this yeah. yes very good very good because I'm yeah. looking at pictures right now online.
1: Yeah, they're they're among my favorite cookies. So, I typically don't eat much cookies all the rest of the year, but those are the ones when I was a when I was a kid, I used to get the Jink, the Salerno Jingles cookies, you know, they're like a butter put like an anise cookie. And they have those
0: yes, the the, uh, the red and red and green sprinkles Yes, no, those, yes, those are the so, greatest. I was going to yes. say this, but I was like I'm going to insult Craig because he's talking about like real true. <laughs> and <laughs> no, then no, I those are – like
1: <laughs> those are the other ones but i don't know i i've had a difficulty finding them here in chicago uh, at the grocery store so i haven't had them in forever um but yeah that was where when i lived other places and they were around i would always get a box or two of those and again um, those it, i would it, hoard two until
0: january you know, February. You dunk those dunk those in milk yeah like a little sog oh my god yep. i i'm one of those i now i and it's probably, again, it's like one of those things where like you go to like a fancy restaurant and then you're like, can I get some ketchup? You know, like it's probably yeah. like that for like pastry chefs where you say like, oh, I love dunking that shit in milk. And they're like, you ruined
1: it. <laughs> oh, no, actually not at all. Um, I've had people ask for a glass of milk with dessert or, you know, because I I will take the Pepsi challenge when it comes to like my brownies. Okay. Uh, and I make the best fudgy brownies. They're not the cakey brownies. They're a fudgy brownie. And I, I would say I make the best ones hands down. Um, and I've had people who've had them in the restaurant. And they, uh, I will send out a cold glass of milk along with them because they are so chocolatey and they're awesome.
0: Oh, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to. When, when do you do, you, like, is it like special, like, are these specials? Like, when do you make this stuff? Because I, I need to plan a trip.
1: <laughs> oh, well, if I know you're coming, I'll throw together some brownies.
0: All right. All right. Excellent. Yeah. No, I, here's, here's the thing. Like I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge Oreo fan. Not, not during Christmas time, but, uh, Christmas time for me is the jingles or it's my aunt Debbie. She makes these, uh, cookie cutouts that have the, what what is it called? Anise or what would you call it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The anise, yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: And and she puts she just puts like this like light like vanilla frosting or anise frosting on it and then she just sprinkles a little bit of stuff on it. And they are like I'll sit there and I'll eat like eight of them and I'll get sick to my stomach, but like I have no control <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. It's yeah. That for Christmas time. And then when it comes like Easter time, she makes these uh chocolate peanut butter eggs. Uh-huh. And it's like it's like creamy peanut butter. It's not like the 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 peanut butter that you get in like a Reese's cup. Yeah. It's like a creamy peanut. Oh my God. Uh one year my cousin and I, we, we sat there and we ate all of them, and there was probably like a hundred or so. And we ate all of them and we're oh, sick man. for our comments. Oh, was, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're these they're these like little eggs. They're probably like, you know, like two inches, not even two inches, like an inch big, and you just pop them in. Oh, so good. I yeah. Love it. But yeah. So, anyways, back back to back to the Christmas stuff. Uh, so so those are those are your go-to's gingerbread. Um your, the the lab kuchen. kuchen and then uh, jingles. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because it's all that same kind of spice. Uh, I don't know you know what? Because you really only eat that flavor one time a year, and maybe that's why I always just go to it because you don't really eat gingerbread in I don't know July,
0: right? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like you, you you eat gingerbread during the holidays. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, so right. maybe that's why it's just a special time, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, and and now with with the uh, with the the, the pies because you you talked about how you're you're doing um, Thanksgiving takeout. Uh, yeah. What 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 pies? I mean, I, you're probably going to go with the standard like pumpkin pie, right?
1: Uh no, actually, um, I'm Frenchifying it all because we are a French restaurant, so there is a there True. is an element of French feel to it. Although the French don't really have Thanksgiving, right. um, you know, I'm going more with like uh, like an apple galette, which is more of a, uh, like a free form kind of apple uh, tart pie. You know, it's a little more substantial than a tart, um, but it's, it's a little more free form. Um, I, and it's something I, I like to do these because I, I think it illustrates well, uh, craftsmanship because it's basically everything's built on a sheet pan um, and it challenges me to kind of make something that's going to be satisfying using uh, a minimal amount of equipment It's I don't know it's kind of fun for me that's that's so, awesome
0: and that, uh, I mean that just shows that you like to you like to challenge yourself you don't like to go ahead and just you know go with the easy way out that's cool. yeah
1: a bunch of aluminum pie mold and, and right, there's nothing right. wrong with that, but you know, um, this is just, you know, something that sets me apart, uh, from what other people are doing is the way that I'm structuring the dessert. So, you know, we, we have a bunch, I'm doing an apple and I'm doing a chocolate, a uh, whole bunch of bread, uh, candies, ice cream. Uh, we had a package and it's, uh, um, it's, it's, you get a whole lot of options to personalize it. That's awesome. And, and well, you
0: know, isn't, isn't that so difficult to go ahead and let them customize it? Because it's, I mean, let's say you get 100 orders, that's going to be a hard thing to do, right?
1: No, well, you know what? Here's an interesting thing is that um, because of COVID, all of the f- turkey farmers are producing smaller turkeys. So, really? Yeah, so nobody's having the extensive 20-30 family members all over. It, what we're finding is um people are having more of the 2 to 10 range. The okay. smaller. So, you, yes, you get a lot more orders, but everything is is not you're not feeding 50 people at uh, each order. You're you're feeding a smaller, you know, it's like having a table in the restaurant almost. So Oh,
0: well, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, especially in California. Did you see what the governor said? You no, can only I mean, have, you can only have like uh, I think like three family like families in in a, in a household. You're not allowed to, you know, like so like if you have like four kids, like you're only allowed to, <laughs> you're only allowed to bring like three of them to your house. They want to uh, minimize oh, the God. exposure. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's it, enforcing
1: it, it, this? It's that's- oh yeah.
0: It's Governor Newsom's rules for Thanksgiving. No more than three households, including your own. So it says if you're if you have three married kids, only two of them are allowed to come. And then they're like, if if you think we're joking, (laughs) take a look at the California Department of Health website. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: uh, it's it's silly. You know, I I, you know, I don't live in California. And thankfully, uh, I don't have to abide by California's laws. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I just, I just thought that was funny when you said, like, yeah, yeah they're they're bringing you know, or they're breeding less, you know, big turkeys or, or smaller turkeys, and yeah, that, that makes sense now because you know there are going to be strict rules everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, so. well, you know, if they're not going to be able to sell the big turkeys, yeah, know, people are more likely to sell. You know, if you're only, you're not going to get the twenty five pounder, you're going to get the
0: 15 pounder. Right. Right. I I remember I I got a a Cornish hen one year because uh, I had a group come over. uh, I I forget who. Oh yeah. It was, it was just, it was just a a bunch of friends and we made like a bunch of other things. You know, I think we Uh made like steaks or something like that. And then I was like, I need a turkey on Thanksgiving. So I got a Cornish hen and it wasn't really a turkey, obviously, but yeah, and I was like, I'm was like, i going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. <laughs> you know, so I can are, eat like
1: four tiny. of those.
0: They're, they're so tiny and it's, it's yeah. almost, it's almost annoying to, to eat. Yeah. Whether, <laughs> yeah, You're like, you're like picking at the little itty bitty meat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Give me, you know, like four or six of those in a bowl and I'd, you know, I'd <laughs> eat them like chicken wings. <laughs> right.
0: Right. So, um, now I'm, 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 I'm taking notes here because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in, in learning more about the ice cream, but I, like, cause I want to, I want to, I want to like venture out, see, you know, see what you guys do there and see what kind of like fun, I want I want to talk to you more about like what fun recipes you're going to be creating for that when, when, when the orders start coming in. So uh, I, I definitely want to keep in touch about that, but okay. uh, what's let's, let's, let's switch gears here for a little bit and, and talk about uh, cider making. Um, okay, and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you made it, it was like maybe like two winters ago or something like that.
1: I've made it a few years. Um, I, I haven't gotten, cause I haven't been able to get to my, uh, farmer guy who I normally get my cider from. Uh, so I haven't started it yet. Okay. Uh, and I'm by no means an expert. I've had plenty of mishaps along the way of making it where. It was, it was not good. Um, <laughs> but with that said, you know, I've gotten better every year. Right. And, uh, I was just
0: going to say, yeah, you, you, you tend to you know get a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, so the first year I had it, it, it or I'd made it, it was overly carbonated, way too sweet and probably had the alcohol of, I don't know, of malt beverage because it, rocked my world. I'm surprised I didn't go blind drinking this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like moonshine, huh? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was something. Um, but I've, I've managed to refine it. Uh, but as far as cider making go, it, it's, it's, easy. It, it's so easy that um, just to get like a base recipe, you only need cider yeast and cider and the cider can ha- it needs to be pasteurized, but, no preservatives in it. Cause if there's preservatives in it, the yeast won't be able to ferment that cider. Okay. So, that's
0: so, it. so it was, I, I, I think here, I, I just pulled up my, my uh, Amazon list. I have, I have a uh, soft cider cider yeast five, uh-huh. I guess it's grams or five G or whatever.
1: Yeah. That's five uh, grams.
0: I have twin bubble airlock for wine making and beer making pack of three. Yep, and then I I have drilled rubber stopper, uh, set yep. of three, and and then you said you just need to get a big jug, yep, and and yep. then you pour the cider in, and then you pour the yeast in, and you let it just ferment.
1: Yep, and uh, yeah, for depending on the temperature. So last year I had a last year no the year before was probably the best batch that I had made, um, and I think I added a I I'd have to check my my cider book that I have my recipe in. Um, I added a little bit of honey to it. Uh, My father used to make it when I was a kid and he put all kinds of orange and clove and cinnamon and stuff where I don't, uh, for cider that I'm going to drink outside of the holidays, uh, I don't want all those spices in there. So I typically go with more of a English style, dry, lightly carbonated uh, style. So, I added a little bit of honey and uh, put everything into the carboy, pitch the yeast, cap it with that vapor lock. And what you do is you create a, a, a somewhat closed system where the air cannot get back in, but the carbon dioxide from the alcohol producing process can to escape. Get out. Okay. So, uh, otherwise, you'd end up with something under pressure. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> but the yeast, uh, once it starts fermenting uh, and it's noticeable, it, it turns into an like an explosion of just bubbling away that it's just creating so much carbon dioxide. It takes – once it starts, it takes roughly, I don't know, about a week to two weeks, depending on the temperature of your room – and what, what's first, what's the
0: best temperature to, to, to have that in? Is it like I, a I,
1: I think it's like 68 to 70, uh, I think is optimum for 68 to 72, so, somewhere around there. I, I Like I said, this is off the top of my head. I've, I've got it all written down somewhere. And um, I, I've done it in my basement. Uh, oh, okay. So it's it, a little bit it, colder it, in the basement. Yeah, it, well, it's it makes it a slower a slower fermentation. Okay. Um, If it's, if it's warmer than that. Well, I mean, my basement, especially my last one was uh, relatively warm for a basement because there were two furnaces down there and such. So uh, and two hot water tanks. So there was within the basement, it it was probably warmer than most, but it was consistent. Got it. You know, it it didn't have the uh, ebbs and flows of a drafty room. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, pitch the yeast. Once it gets going, it's like a week to two weeks. And then with that variety of yeast, it typically settles right out. So it's at the bottom and then you just siphon off the top and fill your bottles. So I usually go with bigger format bottles cause it's less washing and sanitizing and all of that jive. And then, um, I have primed them. So I put, add a little bit of sugar just to, reignite the uh whatever residual yeast uh just before bottling and then cap it and then wait a 2 weeks to a month depending and uh that carbonates it but the thing is 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 each it's like bread making each location is going to be a little bit specific because of you know your water uh, the temperature, how you've cared for it. Uh, you know, you, you move from place to place, it's, it's gonna be a little bit different. So there, it's always in ranges when you're doing this. Right. Okay.
0: So. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's, that's the fun thing is like, I, I love, I love to, to hear this. I love, I'm, I'm gonna try it this year. I, I, I set my goal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna develop my own cider. And actually, I, uh, you know, became friends with some people that actually are cider makers in, uh, Rochester. They, they own a blue toad and uh-huh. they, they do all different types of ciders. It's delicious. Uh, yeah. I think you maybe a picture of it And And, uh, I, uh, but I want to make my own. I want to, I want to test it out and I, I, I want to get their opinion on it. Cause like the, the one guy is like the cider maker and I, you know, I, I wasn't going to go to him and be like, Hey, how do you make your cider? I want to make my own, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, even like – I mean, uh, Mayor Brothers over in Lancaster, they have uh, – you. that would be a good place to buy cider from. Uh, okay. Because you can – I think there you can select specific apples or apple blends. Um, I know I've used Honeycrisp apples, and uh, I've also used a mix of uh, – uh, what was it? Mutsu and – and gala apples because it's a sweet and a, uh, a sour tart, a,
0: sweet, a tart, yeah,
1: yeah. So you get a, a different balance, and there's sugar content and stuff. So when they've made those ciders, it's it just gives it a different flavor. So that's another fun thing to play with is figuring out which which apple you like to use, and especially New York State having great apples. You can there's so many,
0: right? And, and now. Here, here, here's, here's an interesting question. You and I, we've had a, a bunch of different ciders and then we've had what, what's called Perry's, right? Pear, I love those. Pear yeah. they're, they're delicious. Yeah. I, I think the first one I ever had was when we were at Northman and, and I was like, what the hell is this? And then, you know, the guy was telling us all about it. Is that the same Like, but you would have to make your own pear drink, right? Or, or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah.
1: You'd want yeah pear cider. You'd want pear cider. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, I I don't know where you would be able to get pear cider. I'm sure that they exist somewhere. Somebody's got to be making pear cider, right? Uh, <laughs> it, but uh, where I don't know. Uh, and unless you got a, an apple press, you could probably use the same thing to press out your own pears. It's a little more work than I I have the space for in my house.
0: Right. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I, I was just I was just curious if it was something that it was it was easy, but like you said, you'd have to probably do your own. Pear yeah. cider
1: yeah it's like all of my other fermenting projects that i have around the house my wife's not particularly fond of any of the smells so right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's part of the reason why i got kicked down to the basement too i you know uh she just didn't care for that but i i had some cabbage and broccoli that i was fermenting in the pantry uh she got really annoyed by <laughs> my sauerkraut going so but what do you gonna do yeah that happens that's hey, yeah.
0: that's that's the that's the price you pay when you marry a creative guy
1: yeah probiotics
0: probiotics um so <laughs> so now when 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 it's all said and done you said it takes you know like probably a little bit over a month to do from start to finish
1: Yeah, I would say a month to six weeks, probably start to finish, including, you know, uh, bottling and and bottle conditioning.
0: Okay, so I I should get started soon if I want to have it, like, in January.
1: Oh, you – well, what is it? It's November? Yeah, you'd be ready to drink it for Christmas if you started it next week. Okay, all right. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, at least try a bottle and see where you're at because sometimes it comes out and you're like – it really needs more time or, you know, some sort of alchemy happens in the bottle and I'm not that well versed on the science of it, but, uh, where it mellows and it ages and it develops flavor and things settle out. And, and, uh, again, I, I don't know exactly, cause it's not really in my realm of expertise.
0: But right. Just so- a hobby.
1: Yeah, so something happens magically in the bottle that you could come back to it two weeks after your initial taste and like, wow, this this really tastes great now. Or, you know, it's like wine how it how it evolves in the bottle and right. Uh, it's kind of there is something similar to that.
0: Okay, all right, and and now what 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 is apple jack <laughs> apple jacking? I should say. Um, so
1: it's kind of like. Going in the opposite of distilling. So um, what I've read,
0: because you you did this once, right? Uh,
1: I kind of played around with it, but I, I didn't get anything as good as probably a professional uh, facility would get. Right. But it's it's the opposite of distilling. It's it's refining the amount of uh, alcohol that's in your your fermented uh, product. So. What you do is you freeze that apple, that hard cider. And as it freezes, you keep skimming off the ice because that's the water content because the alcohol freezes at a lower temperature. So you keep removing water. And uh, what you're doing is concentrating your alcohol content. Now, when you distill something, you boil it because the alcohol will evaporate at a lower temperature than water. So what you're left with in in the still is the water and in, in a lot of the impurities and then you've evaporated the uh, alcohol content into another vessel. But this is the opposite, because you're removing the water. Got because it. Because of the freezing property. So you, you take that- you take
0: that hard cider, you 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 freeze it and then every so often you just go in and you just start skimming, like scraping off the ice and throwing that out.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Because you're just removing water and impurities that may be trapped in the water and and you're refining it more and more into alcohol. Now, I don't want to get the ATF after you because I don't know what the legal limits of of that kind of liquor production is for uh, a U.S. citizen. (laughs) Because distilling is illegal, I I believe, uh, without a license. Really? Yeah, I think you need a federal license to distill. You can make up to a couple of gallons for personal use when it comes to wine, beer, and uh, uh, for other fermented like ciders. You're, I forget how many. I think it's like twenty-five gallons per year you're allowed for personal consumption. Uh, wow. After that, you start to get into manufacturing and distribution, and that's when uh, the government wants their piece.
0: Wow! So that yeah, I just I just looked at it and I said it, it says. Is it legal to make applejack? It says the term is used often uh, when referring to the process of making apple or making applejack is freeze uh, distillation. And it says in the eyes of the law, distillation is is in any form illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I was kidding. Never gonna do that. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. I, I I wouldn't even have thought of that. i would I would have just been like, i'm I'm literally doing it just for myself just to see as like an experiment. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. like you you like you said, like you could get somebody knocking on your door. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you had all those like illegal distillers in Appalachia, why the feds were always going after them because that's illegal.
0: Yeah, I mean I lot. I get it. I get it from the sense of if you're trying to s- distribute it. I get that. Like, you know, the the government wants their cut. I'm okay with yeah. that. Like it it is what it is. Um but when when you're just doing it like at a home project, you you, you it's funny that you have to, you know, kind of think of things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah wow. it's a controlled controlled substance.
0: That's crazy. I
1: mean, I mean, if you were growing poppies to just kind of Tweak around and figure out how to make heroin. I think they would probably get involved there too. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. You know, yeah. Good point. Good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, so <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so when 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 all said and done, uh, you know the, the cider, you know everything is 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 where you want it do you do you just like clean out old beer bottles or you said bigger bottles so like wine bottles and then you just seal no, them up?
1: No I go with um uh what's what is that large format beer bottle the eighteen twenty two twenty four ounce something like that okay uh, not quite as large you could certainly use wine bottles um, okay I've just gone with the larger because that would be more of my sit down consumption uh, got it. But, uh, yeah, you can – I, I bought the bottles on Amazon and then just the capper and, like, bottle caps. Okay, yeah. So, because to me it's easier. You don't have to deal with corking or any of that other stuff, and, and it's a good seal, and you don't have to – it just takes one step out of the process where you could possibly ruin it. Got it, yeah. Um, and then this – you don't have to worry about it. And thankfully, I've never had – I've never had a uh, bottle explode from the pressure because because you now, don't want that because that would be a big mess to clean
0: you know I was I was thinking of that when you when you talked about how it ferments and then it has a lot of you know pressure and all that I was thinking yeah. like man if that if that explodes like oh shit like what a mess the, that would be
1: yeah I think the cap will fail before the glass I think the glass bottle providing that it's manufactured properly it was able to withstand much more of the forces and the, the cap would blow off before anything shattered
0: got it okay so that's that's good yeah I, that that's something I, I would worry about personally I'm like,
1: i don't know no yeah. <laughs> no nah. nah, it's not that it shouldn't be that much pressure um Which is why, you know, like champagne bottles are in the shape they are in and the thickness of the glass that they have and the way that they're corked and caged and everything. Because those are under an extreme amount of pressure, uh, where typically cider, at least in my experience, is never under that much pressure, Uh, the PSI inside the bottle. But if you look at the difference between like a, a white wine bottle and a champagne bottle and the thickness of the glass... Uh, just because of the pressure that's being exerted from that conditioning of the carbonation.
0: Oh, that makes sense then. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's a pretty big difference. Yep. When it comes to that, yeah.
1: Yeah, screw cap would never hold that.
0: Ah, okay. So, so that makes sense then. That wine you can put a screw cap on. Champagne would be a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Disaster.
1: Yeah, because they it wouldn't would never be able to hold that kind of PSI.
0: Very interesting. All right. And now I know that you and I have talked about this many, many times, but I am actually going to get a bow very soon. I'm going nice. to buy a bow. And uh, uh I want to go uh bow hunting. Not, not this year, obviously, because I think like one it's, it's passing us. And two, uh you know i i don't think i'm ready i actually i one of my buddies up here he he has a bow and he uh he was letting me shoot it and i shot it and it went right into his shed door Uh (laughs) (laughs) because so he he has one of those like releases where all you do is you 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 pull it back your your uh your back arm is is uh is 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 upside down your back hand i should say is upside down and then there's this little button you push with your thumb yeah and it releases yep, and it Thumb release yeah yeah and and i was like i've never done this so i like, have never done the thumb release thing i've i've, I've shot a couple bows before so I, I pull it back i have it and he's like all you gotta do is push it you know squeeze it and i and i'm thinking squeeze hard so i'm pushing 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 and all of a sudden boom, it yeah. goes flying and i wasn't ready for it it skinned the shit out of my forearm oh, I, oh I was, yeah was, yeah I was such a a, a, a freaking rookie. It, uh, oh, I looked like a, such an asshole. I was like, Oh, and my arm was like so scraped up and bleeding. And I was like,
1: all right,
0: note to yeah. self.
1: Yeah, Learn how to shoot that, with that. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a while now. And, and it's just like th- this year, it's just everything is like trying to do any of this stuff with COVID and everything shut down. And it's just been such a challenge. And, and I think that going out, you know, being outside and shooting a target, I think is a great activity during this time. It's just, you need lessons, man. And in my opinion, for me, the more I read about archery, the more there is, uh, you know, so much skill and technique and and breathing. And and it's almost meditative, uh, especially with practicing your shot that uh, I don't want to go into it all half-assed. You know, I want to start with some proper technique uh, and, and move on from there rather than just going out and blazing away in some field. Right.
0: right. Uh, And, 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 and trying to, you know, kill something and, and then all of a sudden just wounding it and feel like a complete asshole. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to invest, I want to make sure that I can invest the time to, to learn it properly and, uh, and not because I think it's it's easier to start out with a good habit than to try and create bad form or correct bad form and bad habits.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I I'm I'm hoping to get a bow uh, by January, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do just a lot of just practicing on targets for a yeah. while, yeah. And then you know come next next season you know hopefully go out. Uh, and with that said. You might be interested. Uh, I, I've, I've already talked to a couple guys about getting a cabin. I don't know where yet. I haven't decided that. But like, it's going to be like an instant journeyman cabin. And we're going to like rent ATVs and, and do things. like I, I think bringing a bow would be awesome and shooting shit.
1: Hey, let's um, call up Ted Nugent and go to Michigan. See, <laughs> see See, They'll be like, Ted,
0: you want to be on my podcast? Can we use, can we use the ranch?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> But I, I I just think it'd be so much fun. Um, and I agree. I, I would I would love it for you to come out and, and when 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 we finalize it, you know, we haven't figured out when or where, uh, but uh, it's in the beginning stages. I already have two guys that I've been talking about, and they're like 100%. I want in. Yeah, and, I do too. And it would be, I think it'd be great. And we just like cook some like fucking like manly meals and like steaks and whatever game or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm totally
0: awesome. down. Awesome, awesome. That it'll be a blast. It'll be a blast. But yeah, I uh, I, I definitely want to do that. So I'm I'm good. And uh, and you do have an archery thing, not too well. Actually, you moved, so it's probably a little further from you. I
1: have got a, a public outdoor range that's probably about three quarters of a mile from my apartment. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's right okay. on the lake. Right on the lakefront. <clears throat> Get out of here. Where? Belmont Harbor.
0: Is that, that's, that's north of that
1: big beach there, right? Uh, it's, uh, about four miles north of the loop. Oh, okay. I don't know if that helps.
0: Yeah, yeah, four miles north of the loop. I know. I know where the loop is.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to start traveling again. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, all, all my friends in different cities and whatnot, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to Chicago because I, I think it would be uh it would be a blast to just to you know go to the Northmen again.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, grab yeah. some grab some ciders and, and 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 talk some shit again. So yeah, and maybe I, maybe even do a podcast in person one of these days.
1: Hey, how about that?
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so it's 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 funny like getting into podcasting. I was you know I was. I was you know, thinking like, all right, I, I'm gonna have you know great conver- conversations with different people, and you know, sit across from them, and you know, I like it's it's cool to see if if the person is interacting the way you think they are, you know, whatnot, and you could read the person and say like, oh, they're bored with this or they're not. Uh, it's so hard to do it over, you know, just you know. Uh, oh
1: yeah, yeah. I can only imagine or whatever. I can so. only imagine.
0: But it's no, weird I-
1: too when you um, and this is the thing I'm encountering as we are, you know, all moving inside and moving to the holidays is, uh, you know, we've been we've been able to serve in the restaurants uh, for a few weeks now, uh, limited capacity and such and distancing. But when you know, people I know and friends come in and it's it's a weird exchange because it's like, all right, well, we don't hug, we don't really shake hands, but uh, you know, so it's that that interaction is. I don't know what to do. Although it it fits well with a lot of my antisocial uh, <laughs> behaviors, um, I it's made me kind of I don't know uh, unsure about you know how we how we interact in person anymore. It's just weird because I just feel very not uncomfortable, but it's just uh, yeah I'm, I gauge myself off of the comfort level of somebody else. Right, uh, you know. So I've had people come in and you know go right into a hug, and then other people, it's a it's a nod and a wink and good to see you, and then that's that's it's, the extent. But that.
0: it's it's so difficult. Like like even when you go out, you can't tell if somebody's smiling. You can't tell if somebody yeah. is like you know mouthing the words "fuck you," right? Yeah. Like you can't you can't see anything. So it's it's awkward. Like and and the people that you do think are like. You know, really, you're really close with, and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hug them. right?" And then all of yeah. a sudden, they're like, "Oh no, 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 just uh, you know, fist bump." I'm like, uh,
1: "All right, yeah, yeah, you're exactly." Like, it's it's a it's, negotiation on hello,
0: right, right, which is so awkward. I mean, it, what a what a unique time right now. Yeah. I've never, I, I just turned 36. I, I've never experienced anything like this. So it's 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 so crazy to me uh, to think that maybe maybe in the future this will be the norm. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it will develop, I don't know, we will develop a new way of showing, uh, you know, your happiness to see somebody, you know, that, the weird elbow rub, or I don't know. Right. I I miss the the handshake. I, 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 in fact, I've done it a few times and then I've been like, Oh wait, I'm not supposed to shake hands. I do too. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's weird. Not having that. I love, I love the handshake.
0: Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I, I mean, dude, when I moved to Miami, it was, you know, every time you greet, not, not dudes, but every time you greet a woman, it's, it's, you know, it's a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. One, one kiss. It's not, it's not the French way of, of the double kiss, but it's one kiss on the cheek. And I'm like, holy shit. Like that's, that's not happening anytime soon, you know, And not not that I, but I've grown accustomed to it. Like that is automatic with me. Yeah. Like it's, it's so weird. Uh, but what I was gonna say is, for me, I would I wouldn't mind adopting the whole bowing. You know, I think it's like is a Japanese culture where they like they they bow in front of each other. Hey, how you doing?
1: How you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know, think like, now now is the time to try it out. I'm open to all of you know whatever just to kind of get a, a you know that unspoken language out of the way because it takes yeah. away all of that awkwardness. But even now, like every morning I take my dog, we go for a good 45 minute walk every morning. And I see people on the path where I walk and, you know, there's this weird of, all right, I'm 20 feet away. Do they have a mask? Should I put my mask off? Because I'm by myself for the most part until I cross paths with somebody and, you know, and it's just reading them. and, And I always say good morning to people as I pass them. Some people ignore me, me. Some people continue to, you know, respond, or so it. it it's weird because I try and reach out to others as I pass by them or or go around them in the on the path, but you can never tell with people's expressions when they're all masked up and hood over their head, and all you see are eyes. You know, so it's right. it's it is incredibly difficult to read. Yeah, we
0: so we took we took a hike uh, Fran, the boys and I, and, and, and a couple others, like her, her sisters and whatnot. And, and their significant others, we took a hike, uh, along a trail, like in a trail through the like woods or whatever, along like a a lake or whatever. And, you know, they were like, should we wear masks? I was like, absolutely not. You're outside. Like enjoy it. If we come across somebody, just distance yourself. Like, don't, you know, don't put your mask on. Like I, for me, I listen, if, if, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then, then stay away from me and I'll stay away from you. I'm not going to run up to you and and be like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm, I'm going to stay my distance, but don't, you know, don't force me when I'm outside taking a walk in nature to put on a mask. Cause I, I see, I see so many people on that trail where they are wearing a mask the whole entire time. Like they don't take it off wearing a mask and like you said hoodie up and i'm like
1: yeah people alone in their cars wearing a mask like who are you protecting yourself from that
0: that kills me the most when i see that i'm just like holy shit man like give me a break here (laughs) so but no i i uh i i don't want to take up any more of your time i i like to you know keep it uh keep it structured i know you have other things to do probably dogs to walk lives to feed. So I will, uh, <laughs> I will, I will let you get back to doing what you were doing. I, I do appreciate it. And, um, I'm thinking if you make any cookies, uh, make, make some, take a picture. And I want to, I want to post it, uh, you know, any, any holiday cookies I, I want to post it and, and maybe a picture of that, that pie that you were talking about, like almost the deconstructed pie, whatever you're talking about that Apple one. Um, I want to. Oh, the galette.
1: Yeah, well, you know the what? Uh, the galette. Yeah, that always. All that stuff is always on my Instagram.
0: Oh, good. Uh, so I'll just rip it off
1: of there. <laughs> rip it, rip it off of there. Um, my Instagram is at Craig Garzewski, and yep. uh, that's the where I post pictures of just about everything of note, and awesome. not so much of note too. So
0: perfect. Yeah, I, I cause. I think, I think people would be very excited to see uh, some of your creations uh, for the holidays. On another note, is there any possibility that you would try to make your own Jingle cookie since you can't find it?
1: You know, I have done that.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I just want to go it. full circle because <laughs> the whole time after our conversation about the Jingle cookies, I was like, I haven't seen him in a while either, and I'm wondering if he would make his own.
1: Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done that. I've, I've had him on my menu years ago um and just for fun uh but yeah yeah there's something gratifying about opening the box okay i have made some good ones too so.
0: <laughs> all right well i i appreciate you taking the time again and uh it's always fun i'll keep you posted on the cabin idea and uh i will you know hopefully see you in the new year but we will talk again uh, over the holidays for sure okay all right Uh, new sponsor giggy bank payment tracker uh whether you are a dog walker personal trainer or anything um, you can save time tracking your self-employment income right if you use spreadsheets notebooks or really nothing at all then giggy banks for you you can download today and your first three clients are free uh it's very easy to use giggy bank tracks a single balance for each client enter gigs to track work done and increase the balance and payments to uh, bring the balance down. It's as simple as that. So uh, check out Giggy Bank in the app stores. All right. And Sabercon For all your concrete restoration needs in South Florida, reach out to Jim or Scott at Sabercon. And last but certainly not least, uh, VitFit Keys uh, is one of the best uh, trainers with uh, Melissa She will get your butt into shape. So thank you all, and have a great week.